0: Hello everybody I'm so happy to be here with you today it is 6:58 p.m. on the East Coast on Monday May 2nd how did you choose to celebrate May Day one of the most demonic days on the calendar for the enemies of humanity well, some people went out there in their little black costumes and, and uh, made a rollicking, destructive ass of themselves in uh, cities across the country and the world. Me, I just uh, I just relaxed a bit. I enjoyed myself with my family and cleaned up the house and did some other little odds and ends and errands and got a... Uh, me and Lauren, we got onto a new phone plan. In fact, this is the first time that me and Lauren... We, uh, we got onto the same phone plan, ever. We have never had a joint account. So I actually officially consider our marriage uh, official. Yeah, after five years of marriage, the, the 21st of this month is going to be five years that we're married. And um, and I really I think that this it's finally official the the uh, wedding is now over. We have a joint account. So that's congratulations to us. Thank you so much. I still remember the feeling of the morning of the wedding, and I remember driving all the way to the place where we were going to get married. It was a beautiful day. It was a Sunday in May, the twenty-first of the uh, fifth month in 2017, and I remember telling myself, and I had, I had some of the guys in the car, too, as I was driving up to the place, and I said, I, g- I have got to bottle this feeling, guys. i got to hold on to it, and I've got to incorporate this feeling into the show. I, I this, this is just, this is what it's all about, this feeling of exhilaration due to no- nothing really uh, intrinsic, uh, or extrinsic, I should say. Uh, there's no, there's nothing really, there's no I'm not acquiring anything new today. It's not a new car, it's not a new house, it's nothing like that. It's just it's a pure emotional lovely day. It's family and friends and it's really the uh it's the the best way to know that we're alive, have a feeling having that feeling inside. Then of course, you know, the world saps that away from you. I think I might have carried that into about 3 or 4 solid episodes and then the world just just sucks it out of you. You preserve it in other ways, but it's very hard. <laughs> It's very hard to keep that mindset when you're reading the news and trying to prepare a format for the evening. So you go to other places to lighten the load. I'm, uh, I hope that you enjoy yourself tonight, though. It's the new week... It's a fresh week in May, and uh, and there's plenty to do, plenty to say. We're going to do a little bit of a weekend review. I want to take a lot of your calls if I can, hopefully in the first half some, definitely in the second half, because in the second half, we're going to go off the beaten path into something new, a, a thread that we have been building for the show for a little while. And that thread is about customs and superstitions and traditions that you hold dear or whatever it could be you know a, a, a superstition that you uh or some kind of a routine that you stick to prior to a sports game or uh, a card game or whatever just little things that you could be uh, odd about and you like to to stick to for one reason or another or it could be cultural regional culture national culture if you're not from the united states uh it could be religious what what is it i want to know about it and you still have time to go on to the the official thread i reposted it today on twitter and truth social and um and discord and telegram so you have more than enough time to go there the customs traditions and superstitions thread go right there. there's about 10 people that have added their their uh, thoughts and and all that stuff, but you can also call in with it later on. In fact, I've even started a customs and superstitions voice chat on the Discord, so you will be able to call in through Discord in the customized chat, and I'll know exactly what you want to talk about there. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. I want to thank my sponsors tonight: BlueMonsterPrep.com. I like keeping it close to the vest. BlueMonsterPrep.com. More and more reasons to prep every day. Of course, we have sock puppets like that That weepy fruit Adam Kin- Kinzinger, Kinzinger who um, is just chipping in, putting a little bit more kindling onto a growing flame. Uh, when it comes to projecting what is going to be some sort of a false flag to launch us into a a new chapter of this flailing engagement, military engagement, proxy war in Eastern Europe. We'll get into a little bit of that as well. Very odd odd what's going on out there. Um, There's some imagery, you know, Nancy, I'm sorry, this, this is a Blue Monster Prep thing. Go to Blue Monster Prep, especially when it comes to food, Everybody should be thinking about a few things. Yes, permaculture, growing your own food, becoming more independent. We do shows on that all the time, whether it be uh, standing structures or how to prepare crisis gardens or not even just crisis gardens, gardens. That's all skills that we need to feel a little bit more um, inspired to build up and get better at. But as a base, as a foundation to make sure that you can build on something else that is sturdy, that's waiting for you if something goes wrong, if it's a bad crop yield, if all of a sudden you're smacked dead in the middle of winter and you didn't get to jar all the things that you needed to jar, and things really have gone mad max around here, make sure you have insurance that you can eat. There's water filtration on bluemonsterprep.com. There's two-way radios. I have indulged in much of it. Um, and uh, in all the medical equipment, Not only are they uh, certified and qualified to tell you what is what, they are certified and qualified to tell you how to use it. So go check them out. Use promo code FRANKLY for free shipping and whatever goodies they throw in because they love throwing in goodies. All right. So I'll get around to what I was saying before, too. These proxy wars and all of these secret trips that people like Nancy Pelosi, she can't walk a straight line. I don't know, if you've dipped into things like Twitter today, all day today, they, they project dementia on, onto everybody now. Now they're projecting, de- they're projecting dementia onto Vladimir Putin. Uh, dementia Don has been trending all day today. Now Donald Trump has dementia. That's what they do. They project because, of course, they have endorsed and they have, they have shoved dementia. Shoved Dementia into the White House, among other places. God knows what's going on with people in Congress. Seen and unseen, but um, really weird, weird uh, meetings in Ukraine from over the weekend. I'm gonna get to that in a little bit too. And some weirdness coming out of Canada when it comes to euthanasia. It's a short read, I wanna do that with you, but it it, it disturbed me greatly, really did. Um, So yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. What do we got coming up? This week, we got Ricky Verandas from the Ripple Effect podcast coming on on May 4th. I'm, I'm sure Rob will be back in on May 5th. Friday, May 6th. Who knows what we do? Who knows what we do? I have some ideas for tomorrow night as well, but I'm just happy to be, be with you guys and gals. Next week, we start really uh, bringing in some, another round of guests with uh, Velez from Rogue News. Sean from the SGT report on May 11th, who will be joined by Corey, Corey's Diggs. So that's going to be a, a group call that we haven't done since, I believe, election night 2020. I believe we were on with each other election night. I love talking to those two at the same time, and we'll be able to dig into a little bit more of what Corey has just published on her website. On May 13th, that's Friday the 13th, Don Jeffries is coming back on. I, I want to talk to him about cryptids, Especially cryptids in times of war, um, those are, you know, like Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, things like that. So we'll talk about a lot of fun stuff on that Friday the 13th, and who knows what else pops up. Zach Voorhees is coming on, Google Whistleblower this week, this uh, month. Uh, Scott Shara. I don't know if you know about this guy. He has a pretty harrowing story to tell. He's the father of a uh, very um, uh, a of a uh, a nineteen year old daughter who tragically died in the hands of the health care system he's going to be talking about his daughter's um, his daughter's life and her death and he's been making the rounds about this and i i want that'll be one hell of a night right there that's going to be on may seventeenth May 23rd, I believe, BCP is coming back on and more to be announced. I'm making the rounds. I also want to encourage everybody to get to, quite frankly, podcast at gmail.com or protonmail.com and submit your nominees for nightly picks of June Badass Month. Remember, we have our own months. I think this month, it was just announced somewhere, I forget, that it's like Pacific native indigenous history month which up, uh, what so that's somebody out there is diddling themselves to that and then of course that leads us right into to to gay month and that'll lead us into trans month we already did black month and and there'll be god knows what else so we're doing our own june is badass month we would do badass of the night that's about 22 badasses this year. I think I counted that. So we already have a nice little pile that's forming. But please, send in your badasses from history. It doesn't have to be American. It could be all eras. They could be living or deceased. Send them in, uh, and we want to we want to look through them and, and put together a nice profile on them if they make the cut. So get them on in. Um, I also want to ask everybody out there, if you are a sponsor on quitefrankly.tv, a monthly sponsor. Please let me know if you have been if have not been receiving the Sunday live stream links because we're having some email rejection issues, and Lauren and I are trying to figure out just how to tidy this up a little bit more because we want people to sponsor the show monthly. It's it's very important going into the future, and um, and I just want to make sure that that is that happens because that's one of the main the main perks for people becoming a sponsor through the website. Last night's show on Zoso Dude's mystery ship broadcast was so fun. I just want to thank Zoso Dude again. I spent I think like an hour and a half with him, or something like that. It felt felt like ninety minutes afterwards. I think I looked down at ninety minutes, but it was a beautiful spring evening. I had a nice glow of all the lights in the backyard. I set up my iPad. I had a, uh, I had the the earphones. I had an external mic, so everything sounded and and felt good. Had a nice little vanilla cognac cigar from Lefty's Cigars, and um, and I got to speak with uh, Zoso Zozo dude about life and music and and uh, fatherhood and broadcasting and so many things. And I just loved it. He's a, a gracious host and a good guy, and everybody should go check that out. It's a wonderful way to spend. A Sunday evening. I also would like to say that Book Club Session 2 that we did on Friday was another great time. And if you've been reading along with us, Malachi Martin's Windswept House Session 2 is fantastic. It is up on SoundCloud. And the link to the video is in the description of that podcast episode that links to the pill.net video. It's also on live. if you care to watch it there. Wonderful, wonderful. And I can't wait to do it again this Friday, which we will be able to do it after the Friday night broadcast here in studio. So back to normal like week one. So there you go. And lastly, for my announcements, I have not done any grab bag because there's so many great announcements. I have a new show thread up that is already gaining a lot of attention. And I knew it would be good because it came at the, uh, the suggestion of a, of a member of the audience. Now, on Saturday, I did a little stream from my backyard in the afternoon. And I talked about how I, I, a little bit of a flub when I called in a reservation for Lauren's birthday dinner on Saturday night when just uh, she and I were going out. And when I, uh, I hung up with the woman that that booked us she said well thank you sir and I said thank you sir and before I can correct myself I hung up on myself so I started becoming a little bit uh, a little bit worried that maybe she would say that son of a bitch and write a little bit of a footnote next to the reservation for everybody in the, in the, uh, the kitchen to collectively take turns hocking loogies into my lobster bisque uh, well and then I started talking about you know I started talking about restitution I started talking about how I wanted to, I w- there's a couple of things i i, I would I know I can go back in time by talking to the people and clearing up some misunderstandings that were a little awkward back then but were never talked about again and were big misunderstandings like I said so the whole idea of restitution making restitution came up and I had somebody email me a guy named Adrian emailed me and said uh and said frank you know you uh you made a comment today about about restitution being made, and then it made him think about something he did in his life to to turn something around. In fact, in the in the chat room at that point, I saw people talking about restitution that they had made. Things like, for example, there was somebody in the chat room on Saturday. I only did it was for my iPad, so it was only on YouTube. And somebody in the chat room was talking about how the um, how there was a, a time in their in their life where they did some sort of damage to a golf course or somebody's lawn or I don't know what the hell, but they got caught doing it. And I said, oh, man, I would love I would love for this story to be one of those stories where they get caught doing something and instead of just being severely punished by law enforcement and having their lives ruined, they are made to do something for the owner to actually repair it and then, you know, actually become friends and and." And, and learn a good lesson from it instead of just you know, getting the rod and, and that's that. And it ended up being so, where they got caught doing something to somebody's property and they were, they were brought on to do some, I don't know, indentured servitude for about four weeks to make up for what they had done to the property. And they had become such good friends with the owner by the end that the last week he actually paid them for their labor. And there's a lesson learned there. There's some restitution, there's some growth, there's, a, there's something you can talk about. And, I, and all this came together, I said this would be a wonderful show thread. And I, I shared it today, here it is. Making restitution. Share with us a story of making a wrong right. A sincere act to make amends with a person you may have hurt, replacement of something stolen, repairing of something you damaged, a physical act to clean your conscience. And how did you feel afterward? And like a, sincere, a sincere act, like you felt like something, something needed to be balanced out. You understood what role you played in a certain situation, and you, uh, and you balanced nature again. I'd love to hear from you guys and gals about that. And if you don't know how to find the thread, email me, and I'll link you to the thread. And uh, that, that would be wonderful. We can, we can do that fairly, fairly soon. I already have eight replies to this. So I enjoy that. All right. Into the grab bag we go. I don't have any guests tonight, so I can do whatever the hell I want. Actually, no. Let's start the show off, and then I'll do the grab bag in the first short segment. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. So... Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back.
1: Have you any idea how successful censorship censorship is on TV? Don't don't know the answer?
2: Hmm.
1: Successful, isn't it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You let one
0: you ladies and gents so welcome to the show a fresh week doing what we do it's a new era of talk radio and we'll do a little current events we'll do a little bit of culture we'll do a little bit of this and that tonight i want to thank you for sharing this show because nobody's going to watch it unless you share it there is no algorithm that's going to do us any favors please ladies and gentlemen click the share button put it on your truth social Put it on your uh, put it on your your stumble upon put it everywhere everywhere Twitter Facebook wherever the hell you hang out I would appreciate a social media sponsorship tonight and the syndication goes a very long way. so um, where are we going where are we going to start off with tonight well here it is. Here is a little bit from the top. How about this? A little bit of grab bag to warm ourselves up for the week. Here is from the Daily Mail. Uh, Children, you might want to just... It's not that perverted. It's just actually... it's It's a medical situation, but private parts are involved. So, three, two and away we go a man a 47-year-old man we we've heard about him we read about him in the past well he's back we're getting a little bit of an update a 47-year-old man who had a new penis attached to his arm his arm for 6 years after the original fell off due to a horrific blood infection finally has his manhood back in the correct place so he had to grow it on his arm to then be harvested I mean, they're growing kidneys in petri dishes right now. I don't know why this guy had to suffer the indignity of walking around with a floppy dick on his arm for six years. That just sounds like a a prank. Doesn't it sound like a prank? (laughs) Hey, whatever. I mean, you do what you have to do. Um, Malcolm McDonald's penis fell off 12 years ago due to a blood infection. That sounds horrible. Uh, medics built him a penis that was attached to an uh, his arm due to surgery complications. Six years later, he's spoken of how it has finally been reattached in the correct place. So let's see here. Believing he'd left with his uh, with a lifelong stump, the mechanics the mechanic turned to alcohol and became a recluse. But in 2015, doctors revealed he could he can have a new penis grafted from the skin on his arm in a 50,000 pounds NHS-funded operation. However, a lack of oxygen in his blood during the surgery meant doctors had to abort midway and stuck this six-inch penis to his arm temporarily. Jeez. Oh, it was amputated after a blood infection. It caused it to decay, though his testicles remained intact. So... The hospital hospital, de- hospital delays and the COVID pandemic meant the appendage stayed there for six years, making his life a misery. He was unable to wear short-sleeved tops in public. <laughs> uh, couldn't go swimming with his two children for fear of embarrassment. Yeah. But Mr. McDonald finally had his manhood back in the correct place following a nine-hour operation last year. So there you go. Yep, yep that that is a man with a secret and it's it's right there probably there it's probably right under the sleeve right there you see that you see that bulge <laughs> ah! this is not funny but i'm happy that he's he's been made complete all right well that's an update from him now we go to back to a place where no penis is never necessary ever and that is the metaverse. Listen to this. Meta makeout. Metaverse kissing now possible with technology that quote sends sensations to the mouth, lips and the tongue. Creepy metaverse users could soon have the power to lunge in for a kiss thanks to new technology. As if the metaverse wasn't bad enough, Experts want to take realism a step further. This is not real. This is not realism. Scientists have created a device that brings a feeling sensation to the mouth, lips, and tongue. They pulled it off by adding a load of special ultrasonic transducers to a VR headset. At the moment, the metaverse and the VR is largely focused on 3D, uh, 360 visuals, sound, and hand controls. Although experts don't show how it could be used to kiss, you can imagine how it might become popular use a use case for virtual lovers. You, you can't kiss... You can't unless you're kissing a piece of rubber You can't and it's not going to be it, it's so stupid. You can't do it Instead they demonstrate the technology being used in various scenarios such as haunted adventure games with spiders Yeah, you know what I, the last time I was in Universal Studios um, Islands of Adventure this was I, maybe 2004 we went into this Shrek ride or something like that it wasn't a ride it was you sitting in this theater you put on the 3d but they said it was 4d we're like what does 4d mean oh well there is a, a a fourth dimensional aspect to it so all right well I guess we're gonna go have to go find this one out and we we went into there there it was you, you sit down with your family, with your party or whatever, and you have the 3D glasses on, and you're going through the the Enchanted Forest and all that stuff, and and there's Shrek, and everything's popping out because it's 3D. But when, you know, spiders go and get, you know, drop down in front of you through the 3D screen, you would feel a little bit of air get puffed out from behind your ankles. So you would feel this tickle of air on your ankles, and it it would mimic, it would just make you get the the heebie-jeebies that everybody would go, Ah! Cause I feel like, you know, you're crawling with spiders, things like that, you know, or, you know, Shrek sneezes. And there's a little spritzer of, you know, probably one of the employee's piss coming down from the, uh, the sprinkler systems. It it doesn't, that's really, but this is something completely different. This is different. They say the clever tech is capable of simulating swipes and vibrations in and around your mouth that could be associated with each activity of kissing and stuff. Haptics boosts realism and immersion and heightens user reactions. Although we demonstrated a range of haptic effects, the vocabulary of sensations is still limited compared to that of real world. The real world. Yes, it's very limited. Because guess what? There will never be anything like kissing a real person. Except... If you're kissing a real person, there's no substitute for that. Unless, of course, unless, of course, we are just talking about the end the beginning phases of what Neo was living like in his little pod before he took the red pill. And he's got a a detachment in the back of his head. There's something down his throat. Everything that is really just uh, hooking a body up into an unconscious state and and triggering all of these sensations and experiences in a very uh, unconscious state. I, I, if that's what we're getting toward, I, I guess it might get a little bit more, a little bit more um, authentic at that point. But up until the time that they actually have people submerged in the pink goo of the Matrix, it is never going to be like that, like they uh, they say it is. And here's the weird thing: where, where is that the? Let me say here. Hold on. Other cases, here, other use cases mimic the sensation from drinking from a water fountain. Well, I guess you can just take a sip of water while you're pretending to drink from a water fountain inside of this stupid virtual world. Sipping a coffee, I guess you can just drink coffee while you have the headset on. Brushing your teeth. How do you simulate brushing your teeth? Unless a bristled object enters your mouth and starts moving around in there, so you just brush your teeth with a headset on. This is this this is really for the the stupidest, the stupidest. But they'll go marching, they'll go marching. The stupidest will go marching in. And speaking of pee, and speaking of the the constant uh, humiliation cycle that they're putting us in here. Here's from France24.com. You know how there's a a fertilizer shortage right now? Can pee. Help feed the world. That's the question from France 24. Engineer Fabian Esculer has never forgotten his grandmother's unconventional approach to gardening. In fact, it has inspired his career. Human urine may seem like a crude way of fertilizing plants in the era of industrial agriculture, but as researchers look for ways to reduce reliance on chemicals and cut environmental pollution, some are growing increasingly interested in the potential of pee. Now, if you are tending to your own garden and you want to use your own waste products, I mean, it's your food. It's your waste products. And I, I, I honestly would not judge you at all. I may not have the salad, that you serve, I just, I might just say, ah, you know, only because you can confirm, yes, their pee is involved in the creation of this salad. I understand that, um, we, God knows what we've been exposed to all, all throughout our lives, but anyway, I would not judge you one way or another, but as far as, you know, this being industrialized in some way, although they're doing that. That, that water cremation, what is it, the, the hydraulic cremation stuff that has been approved in, in several states now where they boil a person's corpse down into this sludge and there has been at least some reports, I know people like Mike Adams have reported on it, that there are some reports that we are starting to look at the dawn, at least the, the more public dawning of Soylent Green, of using that to using people boiled down people as fertilizer for, for crops. I got to look into that a little bit more because I'd never even considered that. I never even considered that in all of this talk about fertilizer shortages over the last couple of months, but back to this article. Plants need nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and we ingest these through food before excreting them, mostly through urine, said Esculier, who runs the OCAPI research program in France looking at food systems and human waste management. This presents an opportunity scientists think, fertilizers using synthetic nitrogen in use for around a century, have helped drive up yields and boost agricultural production to feed a growing human population. But when they are used in large quantities, they make their way into river systems and other waterways, causing choking blooms, uh, choking blooms of algae that can kill fish and other aquatic life. Meanwhile, emissions from the agricultural, amo- agricultural ammonia can combine with vehicle fumes to create dangerous air pollution, according to the United Nations. Chemical fertilizers also create emissions to uh, potent greenhouse nitrous oxide, greenhouse gas nitrous oxide. But pollution does not come directly from the fields. Modern day uh, sanitation practices presents one primary source of nutrient pollution. And, And they're saying maybe they should be using pea. Pea diversification is easier said than done they say it's very radical it's easier said than done i guess that the biggest thing is that you'd have to find people to give you their pee i mean what's the point of washing off food anymore what's the point you know i know one person who could probably could not be happier about this news and that is dr ben carson who wrote um who wrote the bestseller, drink pee with the subtitle tastes good while feels warm and nice. <laughs> That's one of my favorite images on the internet. I swear, I keep this on my phone. When I saw this, this story, I said, oh, I have to, I have to use the, the Ben Carson uh, book title. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. When I got the phone yesterday, me and Lauren, we, we combined, we, com- we officially rubber-stamped our marriage by coming onto the same phone plan uh, and I was doing all the da- uh, data transfers into the new phone I realized that you know I-, I take a lot of pictures a lot of a lot of video of Aurora but I usually offload it onto Dropbox real quick and then from Dropbox onto a onto a physical drive and then I delete it on Dropbox I delete it on my phone so I can save space and I don't have too much personal stuff on there I have probably about 236 all-purpose memes on my phone and gifs that's just that's all my phone is it's memes and gifs for appropriate situations and i didn't know where i was going to use this dr ben carson uh image ever again or in in an appropriate way but finally today there it is drink pee tastes good while feels warm and nice The only other meme that I was trying to find a way to incorporate into this story was the pee is stored in the balls. And I could not do that. I couldn't find it. All right. Oh, and lastly, before we go to a quick break over here, here's a headline from CBS News. Police found... 150 skulls at a crime scene in Mexico. It turns out the victims, mostly women, were ritually decapitated over 1,000 years ago. Listen to this.
3: They had unearthed the oldest. Let's see here. Analysis reveals the fossils date back about 315,000 years, making them more than 100,000 years older than those previously thought to be the oldest. The history-altering fossils were found on a hillside in the Moroccan desert.
0: Oh, that's in Morocco. I thought you were talking about Mexico. When Mexican police found a pile of about 150 skulls in a cave near Guatemalan border, they thought they were looking at a crime scene and took the bones of the state capitol. Turns out it was a very cold case. It took a decade of tests and analysis to determine the skulls were from sacrificial victims killed between A.D. 900 and 1,200 the National Institute of Anthropology and History said on Wednesday. Of course, as you know, anthropologists uh, contend that the most puzzling thing about this entire discovery is figuring out how they're going to blame this on white people. But um, that's a mystery for another day. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
4: Hello, I am
3: J- I'm Jewish. Red? It? Red? It? Reddit? Get it? Ah! Head to quitefrankly.tv. Click on the Reddit logo. Join us. Engage in discussion topics. Share your favorite clips. Watch your favorite clips. You don't have a Reddit? Well, get signed up. For all them juicy deets, visit quitefrankly.tv.
2: Oh!
3: Oh!
2: Hello, everyone. <laughs> Master Yoda here, and when the day is done, I like to watch, quite frankly. <laughs> Once you start watching, quite frankly, forever will it dominate your destiny. Consume you it will, like the gallon of milk I just drank. <laughs> oh, mm, mm, oh! Oh! This feeling mm, in the pit of my school. Oh, mm, mm, mm. Oh, oh. The nearest washroom I must find oh, oh. And while in the washroom mm, mm, Watch quite frankly I will Oh 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 Oh, 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 oh. <coughs> I am feeling! Mm, mm, mm. Oh! Impressive, that is! Oh! No more dairy for a little while! Mm, mm, oh! Mmm!
1: Mm.
0: Okay, so we have a little bit more. A little bit more. Maybe I'll do the, uh, maybe I'll, I heard about, I heard about Naomi Judd. I, I don't know anything about, I didn't know that Naomi Judd was in such a hard, hard spot. She committed suicide at 76 years old. The Daily Mail said Naomi Judd spoke about falling into a dark, absolutely terrifying hole. Said she considered suicide and underwent electroshock therapy to treat depression before her death at age 76. Has anybody in the audience ever undergone electroshock therapy uh, and had success? I'm asking. Um, I'm asking seriously. Because. I have never seen... I mean, all depictions of it seem as, as grisly as you'd imagine. I know people like Ernest Hemingway was going th- were going through electroshock therapy before he killed himself. But that just seems like such desperation to be able to go through that. Um, daughters say that they lost their beautiful mother to mental illness. It was the day before she was about to get inducted into the the uh, Country Singers Hall of Fame, Country Music Hall of Fame. And there's really not that much on there, but she she just uh, fell into a severe depression, and she was 76 years old, and that was odd, odd and, and disturbing to read that today. I will save the the Canadian story for maybe tomorrow maybe that's what i'll do but uh it, it, have you ever undergone electroshock therapy i want to know just if that's something that you black out is that something where just everything goes blank um is that like hitting obviously it looks like everybody's in a lot of pain but is that like hitting the degauss button on one of those old computer monitors i don't know i'd like to i'd like to hear from somebody about that We'll get to that in just a second. First, I want to go into into this odd meeting in Ukraine. I think this is in Kiev. Look at this. Look at this motley crew showing up to meet uh, President Zelensky. There's Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff. They look like the, uh, the, the C team. So pathetic. Watch how she can't walk. She can't walk a straight line. Look at her. Look, she's crossing. My, My pleasure. pleasure. Is the, are the products all in place? I'm here to make sure that the assets are 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 not compromised. You haven't broken our country, have you?
2: Jim McGovern from Massachusetts.
0: Now look at this. This is interesting right here, because of course you have. They, they look like all the, the vice presidents of a resort chain going to check in on one of their properties. And um, as you can see, as you, as you notice, Nancy Pelosi can't walk a straight line. But her boss is even worse, so that's, that's something else. And look at Adam Schiff. You can see Adam Schiff is his puffy-ass alien face in the background. He looks like a five-year-old waiting to meet one of the robot animals from Chuck E. Cheese. All right? You have to watch. He he! You, you can tell he's like, oh, okay, my turn's coming up soon. Like he's he's getting excited. He even sticks out his hand too soon. This freak! Watch this.
1: Thank you for reminding
2: Hi again. Yes. You're yes. so welcome. You. Hi, yes. Jason
0: Crow. you saw that, right? Adam Schiff yeah. from California. Adam Schiff yeah, well, from California. Yes, I eat babies. Uh, well, thank you for having us here. Come on inside, everybody. Now, there's a there's a weird scene that took place after that, and it's this one. You might have seen it. It's like a, like a little bit of a hostage situation. So you have Nancy Pelosi and you have President Zelensky from Ukraine in the center here. They're side by side. Adam Schiff is standing behind Zelensky. He probably fought for that spot because he obviously has a crush on him. And look at, just look at the, uh, the dynamics of this situation. First of all, they make, this, they make this, uh, this announcement like they're speaking to each other, like they're doing a joint press conference and addressing each other, but they're all not looking at each other. They're looking straight ahead at the camera. All right, watch this. Mr.
3: President, our congressional delegation.
0: She said, Mr. President, and then President Zelensky, looks over at her, but she's not looking at him. She's looking straight ahead, straight ahead, and uh, and he just looked back down. And he's like, oh, oh, oh it's, it's not like a real conversation. It's just something else. Watch this shit.
3: It's an honor to meet with you, to thank you for your leadership and courage, to commend the Ukrainian people for their outstanding. Now,
0: Zelensky has the body language of Rain Man. He's just, he's standing there. I mean, he, he could just be stoned. Or he could be nervous standing so close to Adam Schiff, who I, I can't see Adam Schiff's right hand, so something could be going on there. But he's got the body language of Dustin Hoffman from Rain Man. Just, <laughs> there's something. <laughs> defense of
3: democracy. And we are here to say to you that we are with you till this fight is over. Thank you for your leadership.
0: Thank you, thank you. A half hour till Wapner. Half hour, 30 minutes to Wapner.
2: Thank you very much. Um, first of all,
1: thank you, Mr.
2: Brock.
0: Okay, wait a minute. Fuck it. Who cares? So that's going on. Um, just very weird, odd stuff. Everybody obviously has to keep up appearances, and they're, they're doing things to, to make this go along. But I don't know. I, um, it just gets weirder and weirder. It just gets weirder and weirder, it really does. That's uh, that's what we have on that end. I have a little something though. From of course, like I said, um, everybody's projecting defeat onto Russia. Still, they're projecting paranoia and cancer and everything else and uh, and dementia onto Vladimir Putin. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know how how anybody gets it. Maybe he is sick. Who knows? I don't know. But um, the projection is. Is insane. I just can't wait to see this all wrapped up. What is it all going to look like soon? Well, Ron Paul had a weekly column that he put out a couple of days ago that I, I saved for tonight's show. And I think it was really well done. I would have really loved to have called this man my president. War is a racket, wrote U.S. Major General Smedley Butler in 1935. He, and, it, and if you have not read that book, you should. It, it'll, it'll take you maybe an hour or two to get through it. It's a very short book. I downloaded it on Kindle, and it took me one sitting, and I was done. He explained, a racket is best described, I believe, as something that is not what it seems to the majority of people. Only a small inside group knows whats oh, what it is about. It is conducted for the benefit of the very few at the expense of the very many. Out of a war, a few people make huge fortunes. General Butler's observation describes the U.S. NATO response to the Ukraine war perfectly. Ron Paul writes: the propaganda continues to portray the war in Ukraine as that of an unprovoked Goliath out to decimate an innocent David, unless we were in U.S. NATO, uh, unless we were in the U.S. and NATO, uh, wait, wait, unless, wait, 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 innocent David, unless we were in the U.S. and NATO, contribute massive. Amounts of military equipment to the ukraine to defeat russia that's worded a little bit awkwardly As is always the case with propaganda this version of events is manipulated To bring an emotional response to the benefit of special interests One group of special interests profiting massively on the war is the U.S. military industrial complex. Raytheon CEO Greg Hayes recently told a meeting of shareholders that, quote, everything that's being shipped into Ukraine today, of course, is coming out of stockpiles either at the DOD or from our NATO allies. And that's all great news. Eventually, we'll have to replenish it and we see a benefit to the business, end quote. He wasn't lying. Raytheon, along with Lockheed Martin and countless other weapons manufacturers, are enjoying a windfall they may not have seen in years. The U.S. has committed more than $3 billion in military aid to Ukraine. They call it aid, but it's actually corporate welfare. Washington sending billions to arms manufacturers for weapons sent overseas. May, uh, by many accounts, these shipments of weapons, like the Javelin anti-tank missile, jointly manufactured by Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, are getting blown up as soon as they arrive in Ukraine this doesn't bother Raytheon at all the more weapons blown up by the Russians in Ukraine the more new orders come in from the Pentagon former Warsaw Pact countries now members of NATO are in on the scam as well they discovered how to how to dispose of their 30 year old Soviet made weapons and receive modern replacements from the US and other Western NATO countries while many who sympathize with Ukraine are cheering. This multi-billion dollar weapons package will make little difference. As former U.S. Marine Intelligence Officer Scott Ritter said on the Ron Paul Liberty Report last week, quote, I can say with absolute certainty that even if this aid makes it to the battlefield, it will have zero impact on the battle and Joe Biden knows it, end quote. What we do see is that Russians are capturing modern U.S. and NATO weapons by the ton and even using them to kill more Ukrainians. What irony. Also, what kinds of opportunities will be provided to terrorists with thousands of tons of deadly high-tech weapons floating around Europe? Washington has admitted that it has no way of tracking the weapons it is sending to Ukraine and no way to keep them out of the hands of the bad guys. War is a racket, to be sure. The U.S. has been meddling in Ukraine since the end of the Cold War, going so far as overthrowing the government in 2014 and planting the seeds of the war we are witnessing today. The only way out of this hole is to stop digging. Don't expect that anytime soon, though. War is too profitable. War is too profitable. Well, not only is there a dollar to be made here, but the dollar itself is the issue in many respects. And the dollar itself is the question, I should say. What is the answer to the dollar's question? What's the answer to the dollar question, which is its time is done? Its time is done. Well, war provides a, uh, a transition in a number of ways, not only just a way to make a few dollars right in the here and now. Uh, and then uh, as far as moving it along, we have that freak. We have that freak, Adam Kinzinger. Here he is. This is from Disclose.tv. Yesterday, Adam Kinzinger, a a, a, a Republican gimp from Illinois, to introduce a joint resolution that would, quote, authorize the use of U.S. armed forces to defend Ukraine should Russia use chemical, biological, and or nuclear weapons. Should they do it? Why? Why would they? Still, why would they? Well, I don't know. We've been, we have been, uh, we, we've been doing everything with sending troops in there. We're trying to get them to do something, but they just won't, these sons of bitches. From the resolution, I'm introducing this AUMF as a clear red line so the administration can take appropriate action should Russia use chemical, biological, and or nuclear weapons. We must stand up for humanity, and we must stand up for our allies. As President Biden said, Putin must be stopped. man. I wish that this this smirking freak Adam Kinzinger would pack up a couple of boxes of Kleenex and grab some gear and get to the front line. I get to the front line, and, and and I and I hope that he wear I hope he wears a highly reflective yellow vest too. Freaks, we gotta get we get this from all ends, all ends, man. I swear. So. That's what I have for you in this opening. That's what I have for you in the opening. In the second half, we're going to be doing a little bit more of, you know, I want to talk about your traditions. The older the traditions in your life, and your family, in, your, in your, uh, your hometown, whatever it is, the better. But that's just going to be linked into an anything goes open forum kind of talk show in the second half. Anything goes. You can call in with anything that you had thought from over the weekend. Uh, I don't know just to come on with something and, and just have it be just have it be interesting because the audience is unforgiving. I can't bail you out. I can't I will always try. I will try to lead you through it, but it has to be interesting. 914-595-6953. That's what we will get to on the other side of this intermission. I want to thank you all so much for joining me tonight, and I will really want to encourage you all. As you see, new media is the only thing that is worthy or one of the very few things that's worthy in investing in right now and i would really appreciate if anybody out there who has not become a sponsor considered becoming a sponsor even for a one dollar a month if a if if one percent of this audience became a one dollar a month sponsor tonight it would take us several steps above where we are already and i appreciate you all so much and uh, as you know that this is designed to be a little bit of entertainment a little bit of news a little bit of family a little bit of everything and i'm uh, I'm looking forward to the second half and i'm looking forward to the rest of the week so don't go anywhere ladies and gents we will be right back go to quite TV, hang out watch the show there go to the Sponsors tab go to all of the links in the description below this episode you can find us all of our socials including the link to the new truth social account and all that and when we come back your calls and more don't forget When we conclude at 9 o'clock tonight, Quite Frankly TV, I believe it's Movie Monday on QuiteFrankly.tv. So get settled in over there on the website at the foxhole and have a good time. We will be right back.
2: i now entering quite frankly 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 quite frankly
4: quite frankly
2: quite frankly quite frankly quite frankly quite frankly quite frankly quite
3: frankly quite frankly quite frankly quite frankly quite frankly quite frankly we all support quite frankly
0: All right, first night back in the studio after a couple of days, and I am so excited to get into the super chats, which are the lifeblood of this show, especially live and and uh, there's so much. So much here. so much here. Where we have on the pilled. On the pilled, Zedanon says hi from Abe. Hello, Abe through Zedanon. Sean Joe, wonderful to have you out there. Judy the Lady Pug, thank you for sending the dove. Rook Castle, I think it's clear that Amber Turd wow. has shat all over the poo movement. Believe all turds. Oh, is that the a Johnny Depp re- reference? I heard something about his, his ex taking a crap in, in their bed. No, I, I told you, I watched 35 seconds of one clip and I saw her eyes and I said, oh, she is she is the devil incarnate. This is a a monstrous woman and it, I I don't know what the hell is in Johnny Depp's past, but uh when I saw this woman, I said regardless of what Johnny Depp has done in his life, he was destroyed by her. No doubt about it. This woman is a tidal wave of hatred. You can see it. Um Paulie9363 says, in the 60s in Chicago, kids used to put their feet in uh, in x-ray at the shoe store. My balls got zapped. What? You had an x-ray in the shoe store? I don't get that. There was an x-ray there? Why? Nothing beats the real thing. Metasex is gay, says Rook Castle. Patriot Game. Thank you for the cookie. Zoso Dude says, thanks again, my friend. It was a blast hanging with you. I can't wait to do it again. Jay Jules says, God. Let's see. Had to leave Rumble. Well, something got Jules all up in a tizzy. Uh, Rook Castle. Toxic femininity. No, that's just that's just that's just feminism. That's just what it is. That is it. That is like one of the tips of the spear of the the satanic the satanic overtures made in the world. Boys Blanc 89. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And let's go over to Rockfin to say hello. Nice little group hanging out in Rockfin. Good to have you there, my friends. Settle on in for a good night. And is, are there any rumble rants we can check right now? Oh, yes. Did not vote. Did not vote for 44, says Fat Boy Vince, a.k.a. did not vote for 44. Looking forward to a little weekend review. Well, you're getting it right now. I hope you enjoy it. Selling the farm says Jesus has our backs, Frank. Love the Lord with all your heart and love thy neighbor as thyself. End of all of our problems, really. Yes. Oh, I have a hard, hard time loving some of the people on the um that i i cover every night very very hard time a very very hard time in fact i i outright hate them i have a lot of hatred in my heart i don't know how to get that out it stains don't you know it stains but you know what gets it out for me? I want to read something to you. Uh, just because we're getting now into a little bit more of uh, a human part of the show. Away from the news. Obviously, you can call in with any of your thoughts. And you can emote the way you like and, and make whatever points you like. I'm not... Anything's on the table. But I wanted to read something to you. Here's an email that I received. And this is the kind of thing that that calls me back as well. And... Um, This is an email I received from a nice lady named Amy. And she told me, uh, Frank, you you lost a loyal viewer. The email, the, the headline of the email says, you lost a loyal viewer. Now, when I saw this, I said, oh, great. What did I say now? I thought I pissed somebody off. But Amy went on to explain. She says, dear Frank, it's taken me almost six weeks to bring myself to write to you. I want you to know you lost a loyal viewer on March 20th, 2022, the first day of spring. My beloved husband, Don, passed away at age 55 from double terminal cancer. From the first time he heard your show, he never missed a single episode. I found you three years ago via Amazing Polly. You kept me company during the long nights of his illness and treatment. You kept me informed and entertained, provided a very much-needed distraction to my reality of my husband's mortality. I'd be trying to red I had been trying to red-pill him for years, from geoengineering to MKUltra. I'd been, quote-unquote, awake and aware since 9-11. He would always just nod his head and smile in that kind of my-wife-is-a-crazy-person way. Or he would try and explain away the persistent linear clouds with logic and reasoning. Then one day he asked, Who are you listening to when you go to the bedroom for two hours? And I said, quite frankly. Then he said, quite frankly, what? And it turned into a sort of Abbott and Costello who's on first routine. I pulled your show up on YouTube on the living room television and he was immediately hooked. You and you alone totally transformed his way of looking at things. And you woke him up. Not me, his wife of 25 years, mother of his children, grandmother of his children's children, you. So I thank you. This email will be continued. I have so much I want to tell you, but typing through tears is hard. Sincerely, Amy. And she, she said that she'd like to have this read on the show and that it was okay to do so. And, um, and ladies and gentlemen, I, I just wanted to bring this up because we do have one of the, the greatest and most responsive audiences out there. Just please keep Don and Amy in your prayers. This is a, one of the greatest benefits that I take from the show, other than of course being able to support my family and just do things that I love. You notes like this are almost like emotional dialysis. I mean it it it's draining, it's very emo very heavy, but it also rejuvenates me because I learn more about people out there and of course I grieve with you all too. I've lost quite a few quite a few listeners that I know of to one thing or another. And whenever I learn about that it's it's something else. and I just uh, just want to thank Amy I just want to thank Don of course and uh, hopefully everybody can can pray for Amy's comfort. So I wanted to put that out there to, to open this up and I also have to do something else before this week is out because I wasn't able to do it in April. and I had to do a little bit of my yearly tribute to Liam Chef. Well, I usually do in early April, but I lost two weeks in April because of the flu, and um so maybe tomorrow, since I don't have anything too big planned tomorrow night, but I want to put that out there with Amy, and, and I think this is what really makes the show go, because you can get news from anywhere, we can rant like the best of them, we can do analysis like the best of them, but... Uh, this is where the rubber meets the road. So let's take some calls and let's, let's see how everybody's doing out there. What is going through your mind? What is living in your heart? And here is the other thing I would love to get from you all. And that is your customs, your traditions, and your superstitions. Tell me about special customs and traditions that are very important to you, your family, your community, your region, your country, it could be sports, religious, spiritual, folklore, all accepted. This can be any custom. For example, when uh, when the, the clock would strike midnight on New Year's Eve, when I was younger and the family was a lot bigger and we did things together to actually count down. When the clock would strike midnight, we all run out of the front door. Everybody had pots and pans and hands in each hand and just making as much noise as you can clattering the pots and the pans slamming them together making a lot of noise and just happy new year and um that's supposed to that's supposed to ward off all of the the bad juju the evil spirits that's supposed to be a nice cleansing way ringing those bells to keep all the evil ones away for a nice clean beginning of a new year there's other great ones in here we'll get around to in just a second let's just take a call first though 402 you're on the air who's this
4: hey frank this is rachel
0: rachel welcome to the show
4: yes thank you so i'm actually a former psychiatric social worker so i haven't had electroconvulsive therapy myself but i've worked with patients who have so i can speak a little bit to that
0: that would be wonderful and
4: um basically um i want to say that what you see in the movies is Totally inaccurate, of course. Um, the patients are given a general anesthesia so they don't feel anything, and they're also given a muscle re- relaxer so that there isn't all that crazy shaking. Uh, it's not at all like what you see in movies like Requiem for a Dream.
0: Okay, because, you know, the, the other place where they put it in was I, I think that uh, it was the way that they treated Claire Danes in one of the episodes of Homeland. And, man, oh, she, yeah, okay. she, 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 like, she like well. She makes some of the ugliest faces in the world, anyway. But she made one hell of an ugly face.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Nope. They're actually totally out. And so this is something that is, first of all, it's kind of hard to come by. Um, the clinic that I worked at, it was actually a psychiatric unit in Cleveland, Ohio, at the time, and it was the only hospital in Cleveland that offered that treatment. And it's basically only for people who, over a long period of time, they've been completely unresponsive to other forms of, you know, medication and, you know, counseling and things like that.
0: Okay. So, so I and I understand that you never actually went through it yourself, but did you say that you were able to witness some of this being administered or you just know how it's administered?
4: I just know how it's administered okay. because, um, first of all, it's done on an outpatient basis basically so patients come in a couple times a week um the sessions are pretty limited they can usually only do six to twelve sessions of this and then people usually do have to come back but they have to take breaks between you know these sessions so what about they success can't do it continuously over a long term
0: uh, what about success rates and 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 what or, or what are the what are the hopes for this kind of a thing? Let's say you go in there for a couple of sessions, what do what do the 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 doctors that are presiding over this hoping to see happen inside the patient and and how often does does that those positive effects actually take place?
4: So again, it's kind of a last ditch effort for people who haven't responded to anything else, and so I can't really speak to the success rate of it, but what I can speak to is patients reporting, you know, it kind of stabilizes them. They don't go into that deep depressive mode. It does, a lot of people say that they don't really understand how this works even still, even though we've been doing it for like decades, but basically it stimulates the brain to release hormones like, you know, serotonin and dopamine. So the effects are not long lasting, unfortunately. Oh. So it, if, if a patient responds well to it, they'll end up, you know, kind of coming back to it you know for the long term but you know people report that it, it does help them it doesn't you know make them feel normal or happy necessarily but it kind of stabilizes the deep depression Jeez. in the successful patients
0: yeah it would start giving me it would start giving me anxiety toward the end of uh, I don't know if, especially if I know it's so temporary I would just start getting anxious about it wearing off because I have to go back and get zapped again But as you say, you you
4: know, they don't feel any pain with it. And a lot of patients that respond well to it, you know, they really swear by it. So they actually look forward to it typically.
0: Well, listen, I I appreciate everything that you just gave me here. And maybe I even get some email from people who have had it done. It's just one of those things where uh, most, most, uh, most of us out there who know about these types of therapies existence, we only have to go by what is shown to us in Hollywood. So uh, it, mm-hmm. it it always looks like it's a uh, a mock execution, you know. Uh, so yeah,
4: and a lot of people don't even think that this is something that is still being administered to people, but it definitely is. So
0: obviously, obviously, but and unfortunately, it could not help Naomi Judd. I appreciate your call.
4: Yeah, yeah, thank
3: you.
0: Thank you so much, Rachel. Bye. Bye, bye. There you go. And that is why I love this audience, specialized to a T. Two You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Frank. It's Rev. Hey, what's going on, Rev?
2: Uh, Not
0: much, man. Hey, you uh, read a super chat from someone
2: talking about the x-ray foot thing. Yeah. I just had this conversation with, uh, with my dad a couple, I don't know, a little while ago. It wasn't like a week ago, but, and he told me this. I thought it was the craziest thing ever. I think they called them fluoroscopes, like F-L-U-R or something, fluoroscopes. And yeah, you could walk in, in like the 50s, to a shoe store and these fluoroscope machines would be there and you could put your foot inside of it and you would be, it it was like, it was radioactive. It was like an x-ray machine. You could see the bones of your foot.
0: So wait, are, are you talking about a machine where you put the, you put the foot underneath some sort of a, um, I don't know, whatever, and then you look into almost like a, a periscope and you can, you can look at your bones in real time or does it take a picture like an X-ray?
2: No, in real time. Wow. Yeah, pretty much kind of like what you described as my best understanding. Obviously, uh, I, I'm younger than that. Do you think we're gone by then? What, what's, the it, what's the name of it? What's the name of
0: it again again? fluoroscope.
2: I believe that was the name of it. Yeah. I, Flores, uh, it was Florsheim Shoe uh, Company that used to do it, for sure. I don't know about other companies, but Florsheim.
0: Hold on a second. Shoe Fitting Floriscope, 1930 to 1940. Oak Ridge. Holy shit. So what is this? Wait, okay, <laughs> wait a second. Now, here is... Here is from orau.org. It is the Museum of Radiation and Radioactivity. Basic description. The shoe-fitting fluoroscope was a common fixture in shoe stores during the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. A typical unit, like the Adrian machine, shown here, consisted of vertical wooden cabinet with an opening near the bottom to, into which the feet were placed. When you look through one of the three viewing ports on the top of the cabinet... Um, you would see a fluorescent image of the bones of the feet and the outline of the shoes according to williams 1949 the machines generally employed a 50 kv x-ray tube operating at three to eight milli milliamps which you put your feet into a shoe fitting fluoroscope you were effect- effectively standing on top of the x-ray tube The only shielding between your feet and the tube was a one-millimeter thick aluminum filter. Some units allowed the operator to select one of three different intensities, the highest intensity for men, the middle one for women, and the lowest for children. Most units also had a push-button timer that could be set to desired exposure times. For example, 5 to 45 seconds, the most common setting was 20 seconds. And this... Now and what this just gave them an understanding of how your your f- shoe your 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 foot would fit inside the shoe why not just put the goddamn shoe on <laughs> I you know I don't I think it was just kind of a,
2: a gimmick a technological gimmick and they didn't really understand how dangerous it, you know the radiation itself was at the time I'm, I don't know man. I just <laughs> I heard you read that off, and I'm like, well, I don't have a great tradition to share with you, but this would be interesting to share with you, so.
0: Wow, man. Okay, well, thank you for this. Thank you.
2: Yeah, of course. Great to hear from you, Rev. The only tradition I could tell you. uh, No, go ahead. Are we gone? No, no, you're here. I was going to say, also on New Year's Eve, um, I'm half Sicilian, half Irish, more than that, but like the blend, Uh, and we would always have to have a dark-haired male Come knock on the door right after midnight. So usually, me and my brother, one of the younger kids, would run outside uh, and and knock on the door. And that was the Irish tradition: is you had to have a dark-haired male enter the house. Why
0: the is first, that?
2: Uh, guest in the New Year. No, no.
0: I <laughs> need I need to know why the why why you you Irish need a dark-haired male to walk through the door.
2: <laughs> I. You know what? They never told me why. It was just one of those Irish traditions, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever.
0: Dark-haired. Uh, you know, man. I mean,
2: when you're growing up, you just you just do whatever you're told, right? Initially, like, that was just normal, so I just did it.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to look into this. Thank you so much for this, reverend I'll talk to you soon. All right, catch you later. That's, that's a great call. Another great call. Let me see here. Uh, Irish. Irish New Year's traditions. The wild geese. Uh wait a second let me do a little control F here dark haired male oh wait hold on midnight on the 31st came with traditions of its own first footing first footing being the first visitor to a house was a popular custom but your reception very much depended on who you were a dark-haired man would be greeted with food and drink, unless he arrived empty-handed, of course, as his arrival meant a year of plenty and good luck. But a red-headed woman, even if her arms were laden with all the tradition's first footing tokens, bread, coal, and the rest, meant ill fortune, so had better stay away. That's interesting. So the Irish, if you are a dark-haired male, You show up. You need to have at least a bottle of wine or something with you, and you are. It's good luck. Let's see. His arrival meant a year of plenty and good luck for everybody. But of course, he gets endowed with some really good gifts as well. But if you are a redheaded woman, it doesn't matter if you bring an entire pot of gold. Stay the fuck away from the house. Not on. Not on New Year's Eve. Just stay away, you she devil. This is awesome. <laughs> that was a great. Now, as far as the um, the scope goes, safety concerns in 1946, the American Standard Association established a safe a safe standard for tolerance dose that the feet receive no more than two R percent two R percent five second exposure. Children were not to receive more than twelve such exposures in a single year. I don't understand why you're even. You're even doing this x-ray of your feet if you can just try the shoe on. Unless they're going to unless you're going to a cobbler. And this is just a new way of they say, oh, the new technology is out and here's how we can make the shoe. But that's that's incredible. Wonder how much foot cancer was going on around that back then. You just don't know. Oh, well, here's a certificate. Look at this. Shoe fitting test data, ankle roll, good, fair, poor weight distribution. And now here's the x-ray test, the test fitting. That's on the right hand side. Wow. Things that you just didn't know. Things that you just didn't know. All right uh let's see let's see here oh uh, it's supposedly tonight is the Met gala in New York City and it's starting to get around everybody's getting scared of all the the ways that people are showing up here's a really scary sight here's a scary sight there's Hillary Clinton has showed up in the Met gala dressed in um the the, the designer's name is Crimson jihad she's wearing this crimson suit. It was probably white before she got there and that it was just soaked in the blood of all of her enemies, the blood of the innocent. Hillary Clinton arrived at the Met Gala in a Joseph Altruzara dress that is embroidered with the names of American women who inspired her, including Abigail Adams and Harriet Tubman. Should be all the women that she denied, um, denied their, their day of justice after being raped by her uh, fake husband, Bill. How about that? All the women that she called lying bimbos with her marriage of convenience. What an evil bitch. All right, let's move on to happy things. 412, you're on the air. Who's this?
3: Oh, my name is
0: uh, Sissy. Sissy, welcome to the show. Thank you. So what do you got for me, Sissy?
3: Well, my mother is Irish. And she has several superstitions. One of which is she cannot drive past the cemetery without holding her breath. Because if she breathes while driving past the cemetery, she will inhale a soul of one of the dead.
0: Ooh! Now here's the problem. I, I mean, we used to play that. I, I we used to play that game. We just thought it was a game. Whenever we were in a school bus going on a field trip, cemetery. Everybody hold your breath. So we would do that. But. Here's the thing. I mean, if you go by some of these really old local cemeteries, all right, you can you can walk a dog leisurely past some of those cemeteries and hold your breath just fine. But you have some cemeteries that are football fields worth of property now. I do. That's, in, in, that's in, in, tough.
3: I live, I live in Pittsburgh, PA, and there's a road called Cemetery Lane here. And she will avoid Cemetery Lane at all costs and go around the world because she can't hold her breath long enough. Because sanitary Lane is too long. It's miles long.
0: Oh, yeah. That's okay. Well, then she's smart because that would take, uh, I don't know, Wim Hof could probably do it. But I don't. That, that's in, that's in, intense. Thank you. I, you know what? The Irish traditions are a lot of fun. You have anything else for us, Sissy?
3: Um, the 13 at a table. Everyone in my family, like my mother's people are Irish. My father's people are German. But they will never sit 13 at a table because someone invariably dies.
0: So what does that mean? That means that it's either twelve, or you have to get a, a, a second person to come with the thirteenth, so it's fourteen.
3: Well, no, there were there, there were uh, occasions where uh, the thirteenth person had to sit in the kitchen by themselves and eat Thanksgiving all by themselves wow. because they could not have thirteen people sitting at the table Thanksgiving.
0: You know, I actually wouldn't mind that. I I wouldn't mind if if it ever came down to where it was like oh we have 13 people some of my has to leave I would I would volunteer to go into the kitchen and eat by myself I think because then I can eat like a <laughs> I can eat like a complete pig and I would not I would not put anybody off I would just scarf that's funny yeah I think I would I would be the one to offer myself up if that were the case I'm gonna keep that in mind next time <laughs> I go to a traditional Irish Thanksgiving
3: that's funny yeah well,
0: well thanks for the call Sissy.
3: You're welcome. Have a good night. Wonderful. And Frank.
0: Yes, and send my best to your mother. That's a wonderful call. I like this a lot. I would volunteer. I'd say, you know what? Everybody, chill. Just enjoy yourself. I'll just, I'm going to get through this plate quick. Don't worry about it. I'll be back and we'll just have some, we can just have some dessert together afterwards. When we, don't worry about me. Okay. Let's go to the thread now. Let's see what some people on the official thread had to say about their traditions. Senator of Swords says, Mine is a New Year's Day tradition. You've got to fold up a dollar bill or a 5, a 10, a 20, whatever amount you think will bring you fortune and tape it underneath your front door, right where it swings against the carpet flooring. Not really sure when it started, but my Polish grandmother had done it for decades and then my mom did it in our house growing up and now I'm continuing the tradition. I like that. So what do you do? You just do that until um, it falls apart? It's just torn apart? or, Or does it not touch the bottom? Here we go. Blue Ridge Commentary says, One of my personal customs is that all three times I've been to Gettysburg Battlefield, I've taken a flask of moonshine with me. One of my ancestors was in Kemper's Brigade, Pickett's Division. Quote, wounded and captured at Gettysburg, end quote. He had to have been been in Pickett's charge. Anyway, every time I go there, I walk out of the woods where Pickett's right flank formed ranks, and I take a swig of moonshine. I offer it to everybody I'm with, if anyone is there. I pour a swig out for my ancestor and then immediately beeline from the tour route and go to the Union Center, and then I just stand there for about fifteen minutes and soak it in. If I'm with people, I'll probably talk about what I see. That sounds exhilarating. It really does. It sounds exhilarating. And because you have that connection to the battlefield there and because you know, um I I really I, I see that as, as really something you got a connection to and that's wonderful. Especially if you, you pour a little bit out some libations there that's nice here's from falcon 512 or i should say 50012 orthodox christians dye eggs red on easter on pascha because of an ancient tradition that when mary magdalene told the emperor tiberius that jesus christ had risen from the dead he picked up an egg from the table and said that it would be it would sooner turn red before their eyes than would a man rise from the dead everyone started uh staring at the egg and i imagine fidgeting somewhat the emperor looked and saw that the egg had indeed turned a deep shade of red so orthodox christians dye them uh red so did it so it did that does is is that the um is that where the symbol of the egg comes from? Uh, comes from then? Is it the this this taunting from Emperor Tiberius? I I don't know, and you know I'm not I'm not uh, orthodox, but we would decorate eggs as uh, you know as young kids, and we would we would hard boil the eggs, and of course dip them into the dyes and all that stuff, and we we do we would do that, be eating hard boiled eggs. Stained, hard-boiled eggs for a week. I'd love it. I love the hard-boiled eggs. But um is that where it came from? Obviously, we did all different colors, but that's just red. Very interesting. Interesting stuff. Call in, ladies and gentlemen. You can get into a Customs and Superstitions chat on the Discord as well. A lot of great stuff here. Oh, here's another one from Falcon says, on Forgiveness Sunday, the day before the Lenten fast begins, after celebrating the Divine Liturgy, Orthodox Christians hold the rite of forgiveness, in which each and every person uh, present asks for forgiveness of every other person, individually, often with a uh, prostration. This way we start the fast without holding grudges, jealousy, or hatred, and remembrance of wrongs. If not resolved, will negate all the spiritual benefit of the fast. Fasting, almsgiving, and prayer without forgiveness are empty. You know, I think that goes a little bit into the restitution bit that I can't wait to do with everybody. That's something that I think is, um, I want to get into. I want to get into. And I think it also goes into what I said, the stain of hatred. You know, what, what it really does. What it really does. But then again, I don't think that there's really any, any coming to terms with the, the types of people that we analyze on a nightly basis. I often think about how wonderful it would be to, to be able to reconnect with little people, regular people that fall under the influence of these, these horrible monsters. And then many of them feel like they've been anointed in some way, the teachers, the psychologists, all that shit. Oh, man, what they're doing to children. These are unforgivable acts. It's like, what do you do? Are these people... Then again, what what situation will we ever be in where there would be a a need to actually ask each other forgiveness and clear things up? Restitution, that's another one. All right, another one from Captain Iron, 87 and we'll take some calls as they come in. Remember, anything goes. It's not just about traditions. Call in about anything. When I was growing up, we held Christmas Eve at my grandma's house, and every year she'd buy me a toy and a pack, of, uh, a pack of socks. And when I was a kid, I hated the socks. Now, whenever I buy people gifts for Christmas, I get them socks along wow. with their gift. Everybody needs socks. Grandparents, they know that. They know that uh, better than anybody. I don't know why. This is from uh, B.A. Was that? Balin? B-A-L-A-N 143. I don't know why, but whenever we as a family went through tunnels on road trips, we would hold our breath. I still, to, still do to this day. Well, again, try holding your breath at that one uh, What, what the, the, from Delaware going into Baltimore on, on I-95. There's just some cemeteries that are too big, and there are some tunnels that are too long. And 825, you're on the air. What's on your mind?
4: Hey, Frank. It's Karina. How are you?
0: Karina, welcome to the show. It's good to have you on.
4: Yeah, so I have a tradition. Actually, my grandma had a tradition that, for example, if I left the house and I forgot something, I had to return back, close the door, sit down for like three seconds, and then I can get up and go. Oh. Yeah. She says that it was like something to do with like... Spirits and you're kind of avoiding some a tragedy that might have happened and it kind of stopped you So that's why you kind of have to like sit down wait, and then you can leave
0: so it's almost like um, You're taking you're you're being proactive. Okay. Hold on. Let me let me phrase this some other way Yeah, you know how when we talk about Man if I had just st- if I had been stopped at a stoplight five more seconds I would have avoided that car exactly. accident yeah. So, okay, so you're saying by getting up and then abruptly stopping yourself and just giving yourself yeah. a five-second break, you put a little bit yeah. of a ripple into space-time continuum and you avoid some kind of a tragedy. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, proactive. And it's just, yeah,
4: it's just something that I've
0: always done. Well, that's, yeah. a, that, that's interesting. That's interesting. You know, some yeah. some people would say you probably avoided quite – a few messy situations but you may have also put yourself into messy situations that you yeah, that's true too. that you could have avoided if you just left on time
4: yeah that's
0: true too <laughs> so yeah you know, let's just let's just hope for the uh let's just hope for the former
4: yeah let's just hope for the positive that that i didn't
3: avoid something you know good or bad
4: right whatever.
0: right that's the other thing you could have missed out on the opportunity of a lifetime
3: yeah yeah
4: that's true <laughs> i'm going to see. the
0: lottery? I'm poisoning the well for you on this one. What let me just say let me just ease your mind. Every every choice you've ever made was perfect. Okay? Yes. Okay. Yes, so, let's put that, up. that All right, sense. go ahead. Thank you for calling in.
2: You're welcome. All
0: okay. right. Bye bye. <laughs> I understand that one though. How many times have you has that gone through your head? Or what about near misses? Near misses that you say if I had left the house even two seconds earlier, I would have been I would have been in the, you know, T-boned by some car that was running a red light or something like that. That's happened more than a couple of times. I had a psychic tell me once that I've I've avoided tragedy on the road quite a few times because of the angels I have looking over me. I said, "Wow, well thank you. Thank you whoever's there. Thank you." I learned a long time ago that we get two angels. We get one at conception when we are just zygotes, and then we get one assigned to us at the time of our birth. So, um, I've got I've to strike up some kind of a conversation with them. They definitely know me better than I know them. Hey, wa- 707, you're on the air. What's going on?
3: Hi, Frank. It's Dr. Hoffman.
0: Oh, what's going on, Dr. Hoffman? How have you been?
4: How just great just great hey loved you last night on those shows awesome
0: thank you i had a wonderful time Zoe is such a great guy and from what i've i've seen in all of the chat rooms because uh, I, I i tried to make it to all the chat rooms afterwards and just thank everybody and people were just buzzing in their normal positive way and i, I just i'm glad everybody had a good time together
3: it was terrific. It was just beautiful. Your
4: lights were beautiful. Anyway, as far as superstitions, um, believe it or not, I still don't like to step on cracks on the sidewalk.
0: Okay, got you.
4: And, you know, step on the crack, break your mother's back. Yeah. And then also, um, I worked in restaurants for almost 40 years, and what happened, whenever we would clean a table and you would spill the salt shaker, you would have to spill a palmful of salt and throw it over your left shoulder. It's a
0: left sh- I was going to say, which shoulder secret- was it? I remember that. Yeah,
4: I'm pretty sure it was the left shoulder. Yeah, or you know, there was like a curse. And a lot of people knew about it. I was really surprised, even some of the younger people.
0: Yeah, no, that one is pretty Now that you bring it up, I I didn't think about it before, but that one is pretty common. The, the the tipping over the salt shaker, throwing it over the shoulder. I just you just reminded me it was the left, but um, of course of course what's another one? Uh, broken mirrors, walking under ladders. Um, uh, yeah, umbrellas. Seven,
3: seven years bad luck for the broken mirrors.
0: So. What about what about umbrellas in- indoor? You don't you don't mm-hmm. uh, open. Yeah, not, I not, heard that. Yeah, so I yeah. forgot about those. Th- those are all the common ones. Yeah. But, yeah.
3: Well,
0: yeah. this is great. Anything else you got for us, doctor? It's great to hear from you.
3: Um, well, we used to do that thing, um,
4: Bloody Mary, in the the mirror. Get all the kids and like in a dark room, like in a bathroom with a mirror, and say Bloody Mary like three or four times, and you're, supposedly you're supposed to see her. And if you did, you were supposed to say a prayer.
0: Well, you know, I mean, just
4: stupid stuff kids do. I
0: want to I want to know about that too, because it, not necessarily the the Bloody Mary thing in particular, because we grew up. Everybody daring each other. I dare you to do it at midnight and go into your bathroom and like hell no, I'm not doing right. that. But there is something um, in, in an occult in an occult way. And when it comes to ritual, there is something about the repeating of something three times that just charges something into I I don't know into existence. It gives well, it a little bit. <laughs> what is it? What is it about that? revenue?
3: Well, look what happened in Chicago. Somebody said Beetlejuice three times, and now it, there's that woman.
0: Yeah, now they have a mayor. They have Lori Lightfoot yes. as mayor.
4: <laughs> exactly.
0: So you know. Oh God. Talk about a talk about a butterfly effect. Oh my gosh. Oh, well.
4: The worst.
0: Yes. Worst. Well, thank you for this, Doctor Hoffman. I have you. I have you stored over here. Now, next time I know it's you.
3: Well, it's very nice to talk to you, Frank.
0: Yes. No. Pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Okay. There you go. Um, I have a little bit more. It just came out of the the Met Gala. Uh, If you wanted uh, a reason to not sleep tonight, here is uh, Jarrett Leto, dressing like a goddamn nightmare. There you go. There you go. This guy, I, I, uh, no thank you. No thank you. I actually kind of hang my head whenever he pops up in a movie that I like because he's just fucking weird. God knows what this weirdo is into. I finally watched Blade Runner 2049. Finally watched it. It's been out for a few years now, and I finally watched it. The I think it was last week at some point. And oh man, it was good. It was good. But there's Jared Leto just you know, just coming into himself as a psychopathic transhumanist, crazy, crazy bastard over there at Tyrell. And um, but there's a lot to be said about that movie that we got to talk about in the future. Especially this whole concept of, you know, 2020 was, was very big in, uh, in, in the, the timeline, uh, the chronology of, of the Blade Runner story. 2020 was a very big year for Blade Runner, and of course it was a very big year for us as well. But when I was watching 2049, there was this in-between event that happened called the blackout where a lot of things, everything, many things were wiped clean. A lot of records of old model uh, replicants and things like that were wiped clean. And, uh, and of course, uh, who knows what else. As far as the nature of the blackout goes, I don't know. We're being promised several blackouts right now, if you know what I mean. So I have to watch that movie again, for sure. And maybe... Uh, Maybe we do a little something on it. Perhaps that is one of our, our film our film club picks. I don't know. That would be good. That would be good. I can't wait to do a film club with all of you guys. I got to go put a, a list together. And maybe we can just get some suggestions from people. and We'll do that together. And I, I told Rob we would do that for a for Thursday night. We can do some Thursday night film clubs where everybody watches something on a Saturday. Take your notes, your observations. We'll take calls. We'll do whatever. Maybe that's one of them. The Blade Runner movies are are something else. All right, all right, 835, 836. Let's take a really quick break, and when we come back... When we come back, there is more, more, more as we're coming down the home stretch. Remember, QuiteFrankly.tv, it's the Monday night after hours programming is coming on after we end here. So get comfortable wherever you are on QuiteFrankly.tv. We'll be back with more of your calls. Don't go anywhere.
1: Hey, look, everybody. Our first shot is of a stoic black man. This guy's ashamed of himself for being white and a man. Look at this guy. He's about to cry. He's not only white and man, but he's also old. Disgusting. Is this the best a man can get? A soulless ginger? Gillette. We know that most of you men in America are unaware of this. So we at Gillette are here to educate you. Bullying is mean and bad. No, seriously though. Bullying is really bad and mean. Okay, is this kid who's hugging his mom calling her a loser and saying everybody hates you? That's kind of mean, kid. I don't... And how do they not see these other kids running through their house? Do they just not care? Or I don't really understand what's happening here. Look at this sexist cartoon. We had to stage this because we couldn't find any archival footage of men harassing women, so we had to invent some. People partying is bad. Don't party. Look at these nerds watching TV. Here's more of that sitcom that never actually existed, and some people we hired to pretend to laugh at it. Speaking of douchey and evil, look at this guy. Look at him mansplaining all over the place. Disgusting. That's you, men. That's all American men. We at Gillette, we don't like this. We're good people at Gillette. Look, another soulless ginger. This time he's fighting with his brother. Boys are so evil. They must have learned this from their toxically masculine fathers. Gillette disapproves of fathers. Gillette disapproves of gingers. They have no soul. Gillette disapproves of the term, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys boys. We think you use it to excuse everything, rapists. Look everybody, the voice of reason, Anna Kasparian from The Young Turks. She's not a batshit crazy radical feminist, we promise. Wow, this old white guy is getting so woke right now. And this ethnically ambiguous dude is already woke. Just look at him. Look how woke he is. This kid's also woke. He's probably gay. Black kid's woke. This is an ally. Never mind the fact that he's talking about being harassed himself and not women being harassed, but whatever. Smile, sweetie. Whoa, that fat white guy totally just told that girl to smile, sweetie. What an asshole. And then he was confronted by that heroic black guy. Wow, we at Gillette are so awesome. To act the right way. Whoa, more white guys being stopped from catcalling girls by black guys. This is so realistic. Real-life footage of men being woke. Wow, look at this dad stopping his boys from fighting. That never happens in America in real life. We're so glad that we created this fiction for you to educate you men on how you should actually be. Did those other boys mess up your hair because That's pretty much all it looked like they did. My daddy just stopped those boys from messing up this boy's hair. He's a hero. Gillette does not approve of soulless gingers. Gillette, we virtue signal better than anybody. Gillette! Rid in the world of toxic masculinity. Everybody should vote Democrat. Gillette, Gillette, we're so awesome. Buy our razors. Don't go to Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is toxically masculine. Gillette, we're the best.
4: Gillette.
0: Let's get to the Super Chats to see how everybody's doing there. Oh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is in the Super Chats. Thank God for Joe Biden. Says, come on, man. You know we have some family traditions. First is that we always sleep with our brother's wife, and we always give 10% to the big guy. That is a... That's a you know that's a tradition I should start. Ten percent goes to the big guy. Everybody in my family just kicks up to me just for just for one reason or another. And Stostube, a wonderful Monday, Frank. We support excellent independent media. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, Stostube. And in this case, I even appreciate Joe Biden for sending me that that nice little uh, that nice little thing there wonderful to have everybody out there really um, encourage you all to to be sponsors of this show here we got some tips here we go based beard says Frank I haven't listened in a while but I saw you on Rockfin and was so excited I forgot how awesome the show is and now I'm hooked again don't leave but I'm glad to have you back glad to have you back I try to stay consistent based beard, and I'm enjoying uh, I'm enjoying the, the people that I, I get uh, messaging me, that they, they, they came on because a friend that watches for years brought them on and I'm, and I'm hooked and hooked and hooked. Stay hooked. I'd love to, I'd love to take this ride with you all and, and uh, keep you in And especially on Rockfin, Rockfin is one of those places where I know that no matter what happens, we'll be fine there. Uh, Patriot Angie for Liberty. Thank you for your wonderfully generous tip. And again, Patriot Angie says, we haven't heard from Jerry from Scotland in a bit. Love his accent. Does he need a marriage visa? LOL. Funny you say that. I saw Jerry was calling in. During the break, Jerry was calling in. I see a missed call. Maybe I can take his call in a second if if he tries again. But I'm going back over to PILD. And let's get some of these wonderful fox holders on QuiteFrankly.tv who support this show in such a big way. Let's see. Toxic femininity. Yes. Okay. Trevor Phillips says, I just can't stop thinking about calling someone a dick arm, like Adam Schiff, dick arm. Yeah, as, as, that's the thing. You know, six years with having a dick on your forearm, as long as... You can get through that if it's in your 40s. It's definitely going to be debilitating one way or another. That guy was going through a lot. He had to... He lost his member. There was a way of bringing it back. They're growing it on his arm, whatever. But you might be able to get through that a little bit easier in your mid to late 40s than, say, if you were in high school and you have a dick on your arm. You are screwed. And you're never getting those years back. And sometimes people would... Honestly, in retrospect, sometimes it's just like, well... I don't necessarily want to be in high school anymore, but while you're in it, while you're going through those years, they're pretty pretty formative years, and um, and you at least want to get your shot like everybody else to go through it with a dick on your arm. That's much worse than the kids that are going bald. You know, I I, I started I started thinning sometime in like I can I can see the receding. A Little bit in in like pictures because it wouldn't show up anywhere else, but I can see the receding in pictures Probably around 18. I saw the first one. I said that looks weird I guess the Sun is just penetrating the hair follicles And that's why it looks a little lighter than the other sides of my hair. Nope And I already told you about the uh, the the Russian the Russian guy at, at Supercuts Taunting me at 15. I don't know what he saw Probably saw something Whatever fuck him Anyway, what was they talking about? Oh, oh yeah, but there was a couple other people that were like seriously balding. Seriously balding by 17. They were not sick either. Seriously balding. That wouldn't happen. You know, and I I always shaved my head, so it wasn't even something that really started making, uh, making it obvious until after college. So I got through college at least, but... I wouldn't have gotten through any of that stuff with a dick on my arm, just flopping around. Nope. All right, back to the pilled. Tom Ford says, but Frank, is Belushi a male or female? And why would they only make the arm penis six inches? Shameful. Belushi. That's the guy's name, Belushi? Belushi. And why would they only make the arm penis six inches? I didn't even see the, the 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 length. I didn't even see. I didn't even see the length. What they didn't report on it. Astro Emmy, thank you, and Tom Ford again. Let's see. Let's take a call here. Yeah, here's one from Jerry. Jerry from Scotland. What's going on, Jerry? What's in your mind tonight, Jerry? What's happening? Uh... Okay. Well, let's see if that works. A second time around, I don't know. It was just kind of pinwheeling. Pinwheeling! All right, and that's it. That's all we have. We have a little bit more on Rockfin. Derek Randall says, Hello Francis, I love your playlist on Spotify. Do you have one somewhere for all of your intermission videos? If not, uh, is it possible to create one? Nah, I don't have any of that. All the intermission videos are just on my, my drive over here. It's just been a, a, a collection that I've been building over the years. Things I find all over the place and slap together. So that's that's something that would require me to do massive amounts of uploading. And I am not gonna do that anytime soon But still Miyushu says I just took off my pants. That's Miyushu on Rumble So Miyushu's having a good time on Rumble and I heard Rumble is getting more and more pantsless as the day goes on So that's that's happy for me Happy for all of you over there Okay, let's try uh, Here's a call from Dustin Kirby. What's going on Dustin? all right what's happening with Skype hold on I have to do the old the old reset give me a moment All right. Welcome back. Maybe this works now. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if actually I'll we'll just try calling Jerry.
5: Hey Jerry. Aha. Okay, there you go. Just pause. Pause the video. I'm in. Jerry from Scotland.
0: So what's on your mind tonight? You have any Scottish traditions?
5: Yes, it's interesting that, that we have the first foot thing here as well uh, at New Year. You bring a large piece of coal, the largest piece of coal you can find, and a drink, and you're supposed to be a tall, dark, handsome stranger. Oh. So I can manage most of them, Good. Uh, and that's your first foot that, that comes
0: have you ever been? Have you ever volunteered yourself? Did you ever sneak out of the house at, you know, eleven fifty-five p.m. and then knock on the door for somebody to 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 uh, give them a year's worth of good luck at at, uh, at midnight?
5: Absolutely, it's it's uh, it's the way you do things here. Uh, you shouldn't be indoors at New Year. You go round the houses and you randomly chat. Well, you look to see if there's a light on. And if there's a light on, then it's fair game. So, uh, i just got cut off
0: here. No,
5: you're here. Hi. Um, so, uh, but the one I was going to tell you about is a very, very strange one. When I lived on the island of Skye, just off the west coast of Scotland, I was walking my dog one night, and it was a moonlit night, midnight. And I looked down on the beach, and there was a white horse dancing up and down on the sand. And it was the dog that spotted this thing. The dog just suddenly stopped. It went into a point, and its hackles were up, and it was growling. And I'd never seen the dog behave like that before or afterwards. And I followed its point, and I saw this white horse jumping up and down. And I thought, how very odd, because who's got a white horse around here? And I walked down to the beach, and it was all sand, of course, it's a beach, and uh, by that time there was no sign of the horse. And I walked all the way out to the sea, and I couldn't see anything on the sands no hooves, no, no prints or anything from this horse. But we'd watched this thing for several minutes, um, I thought, that's bizarre. So, the next day, when I went into the post office, I said, who's got a white horse around here? And the postmistress looked at me. Oh, and her, her face was as, as if she'd seen a ghost. What do you mean a white horse? And I said, I, I saw a white horse on the beach last night down at Ashok. Oh, I don't know. About... And everybody, all the locals that I spoke to, that I asked about a white horse, they all had the same reaction. They were all terrified. And I found out later wow. that there was a, a belief i don't know if you can call it a superstition just uh but yeah call it a superstition if somebody sees a white horse at night the next person they talk to will will die soon jeez
0: yeah yeah but what about the what about and, this actual what about this white horse did you ever find out there's anybody out there that owned a white horse or was this thing some no, kind of a specter there was no,
5: white horse. no there wasn't and the strange thing about it is a guy that i knew but I hadn't spoken to him. But he did die in a car crash a uh, couple of days after I had done this walk, and uh, the whole thing just made me think something weird happened here because I could see this white horse. And as I say, if it'd just been me, I would have thought, okay, it's a you know trick in the moonlight or whatever. But it's the dog's reaction that actually alerted me to the the horse in the first place. The dog was really spooked um and all the way down to the beach so let me ask uh, you the, I'm uh, 500 uh, yards away from the beach when i saw this thing not a sign of any disturbance on this this sand which was wet it was wet sand nothing um it was bizarre so and you later you... on
0: well, yeah. you you went you went into this bank. You went you went into town. You asked a few of the locals about what you just saw there, and they seemed disturbed because of this this kind of legend about if you, you see a white horse, of course that could be a a, a, a harbinger of death for the next yeah. person that you meet. But if there's no if there's also no record of. Or any evidence that a horse actually lives in the area or it has an owner or if it's wild or whatever the hell like that if there's no evidence of a horse living in the area was there anybody around there that has ever heard of um, or had an encounter with a a ghost horse or something like that I mean what's what that, that
5: well, there has to be it, something it really got me thinking and uh, uh, then I came across this other Scottish legend and it's a I don't know what you could call it a semi-mystical being it's called a kelpie a kelpie is a creature that lives by the sea and it looks like a horse and it's a bit like the sirens in in Greek legend Uh, the kelpie leads people to their doom they are strangely attractive kind of half female half horse very odd but this is a it's worth looking up K, K E L P I E, and this is a kind of a mythical figure in scottish folklore but it's a again it's one of these kind of uh, harbingers of doom hmm. port of doom so that that's something that i just thought was like the one of the strangest things that ever happened to me in my life um, and it was the reaction of all the local people because it was one of those things. I was an incomer to the area. But uh, obviously, all the local people who were steeped in this kind of lore, as soon as you said, oh, I saw a white horse the other night at, at midnight, they just, whoo, that's the worst thing that you could have said to me.
0: Well, you got you, so you, you need to be able to get some kind of a confirmation that other people have seen this horse that does not exist. That's, that's the
5: and the thing is, uh, there was a wee lassie that lived next door to me. This is quite a rural area, you know, it's, it's totally, um, totally rural, beautiful. So everybody knows everybody in that area. And the lassie that lived next to me, she was right into horses. She was uh, riding horses constantly. She knew all the horses in the area. There were, there were no, no white horses in the area. It was the strangest thing. Even thinking about it now, the hairs are standing up on my my arm because I saw that horse, but it obviously didn't exist because there wasn't a trace of it on the beach. Pretty weird, there. Eh? Yeah. Well, I, I
0: appreciate. Listen, I appreciate this. We got we got a nice little a confirmation of the tall, dark, handsome uh, male that has to show up on New Year's Eve, and then of course a little bit of a local legend local legend and lore that you have now uh taken a a little bit of ownership over i appreciate the call jerry it's the end of the night here but it's wonderful ending it with you
5: great talking to you and uh people want to get over to theta.tv and boost the numbers there as well come over and and join us at theta.tv where we are pioneering a new frontier
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's cozy over there. Over there on Theta, or Theta, over on Theta.tv. It's the first time I'm saying it like that on this show. There's about seven people there, and you know what? Jerry is there, and he's, uh, it's very, very cozy and very welcoming. So I hope you enjoy yourself, and thanks again for the call, Jer.
5: Love you, man. See you later. Cheers.
0: Cheers. Be well. There you go. There you go. You know what? And a couple more traditions I can read on before we are, we are done here in about four minutes. This is from The Thread. Marshmallow Bottoms. In my family when women get pregnant they get a red ribbon or a red string of some sort and they tie it around your baby your belly with a, a mal de ojo, a deer eye. Mal de ojo. Supposedly it is to prevent the woman and child from getting the evil eye. All you gotta do is wear your little uh your your little Italian chili pepper there. Didn't tell you about the Malocchio. I guess we could have talked we talked about that. That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. The other thing that has been co-opted by heavy metal and everything else. That's something else. That's something else. But the uh, to ward off the the evil eye, jealous eye, people who just don't like you, want to wish you harm all the time. That's why you, we we Italians we have these little these little charms and everything else and we're we're into that something my father always has done in the car whenever we pass a Catholic Church he always makes a sign of the cross my mother too that's when I start I started doing that when I was a young boy as well and I actually just asked him recently where it started and he told me it wasn't exactly sure but it was almost certainly it was something he remembered his my grandparents doing always doing yep just one of those things, especially our power a parish, sign of the cross. In my hometown, a, traditional, a tradition started in 1968 from a group of friends that organized a party on the last Saturday of June called Friendship Party. With free-flowing uh, free bread, wine, grilled sardines with some bullfighting play, there has been conti- it's been continuous for over 50 years now and is now a village-wide event. Nowadays, everyone is welcome. Five tons of sardines, 10,000 bread loaves, 5,000 liters of wine with over 50 coal-barrel grills distributing, distributed over Main Street. That's amazing. NJSF, where's your hometown? Uh well you can no you don't have to tell me uh on this, but you can email me because I would love to show up and have bread and sardines and wine. I mean if you're in driving distance. NJ, that's that that kind of sounds like you're close, right? Is that New Jersey? That'd be fun. I'll show up with the with the guys. And um then just get lost in the crowd and drink wine. All right. Well, that was, that was tremendous. A great, great amount of contribution here, ladies and gentlemen. So much good stuff coming in over the phone, through the official thread on Reddit. We had a good time in the first half. Now, I don't. Know, as far as tomorrow goes, this will definitely be something that we have to talk about. There is rumors going around from Politico, and Politico usually has an in with stuff like that. I usually trust them when they put... I may not like what they report on, but whenever they get breaking news, Politico will surprise you. Politico scoop right now, 10 key passages from Justice Alito, a draft opinion which would overturn Roe versus Wade. The wording of the court's ultimate ruling and the lineup of justices who support it could change. Here are 10 important passages in the draft opinion. I will get down to that tomorrow. But um, there is a little bit of a buzz. I see Zero Hedge that has shared it in a few other places. A little bit of a buzz. People are saying that we may disclose TV. This is from 10 minutes ago. Just in, U.S. Supreme Court, they are sharing the Politico article as well. U.S. Supreme Court has voted to strike down Roe v. Wade. An initial draft majority opinion by Justice Alito shows. I don't care how buried deep we are in shit. There is nothing about this that would be a bad thing. Nothing about this. And the type of people who will clutch their pearls and scream and wail... Just at this point, fuck them. There are, there's always going to be. We know the state and local cultures that, that are alive and well in this country. There's always going to be a place that is going to be willing. Willing to give you a, uh, an abortion. Willing to subsidize your abortion. Willing to give you the plane ticket to come out there and have it done. But for, for, uh, for God's sake... Let people's, uh, let local culture that is a little bit more life-affirming and a little bit more sane have the ability to say, no, no, this is not going to be a stain on our conscience anymore. Tenth Amendment, there you go. There's going to be well over a dozen states that you're going to be able to go in and get one of these procedures done. I really hope that this happens. If there's any good, good thing that could happen in this year, that would be it. That would be a big, wonderful thing. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's nine oh one. That's it for me, and that is how this week has begun. Go to quitefrankly.tv and chill out before uh, before all of the after hours programming kicks off tonight. Thank you all again for all of your support <clears throat> on Rockfin, on Pilled, on uh, on Rumble. A lot of wonderful people supporting me across a number of nice outlets tonight. But the biggest thing is go to quitefrankly.tv, go to the sponsor us tab and become a monthly subscriber. There's all types of perks you get. You can go into different tiers. And even if you just go to, to subscribe through quitefrankly.tv itself, all of those, whether you, you know, you want to pledge a dollar, you want to pledge, you know, a hundred dollars, that is pretty uniform over there on quitefrankly.tv. You get a follow back on Twitter or wherever else you are and you are you get a link to the you get a link to the Sunday sponsor streams and also priority emailing or direct messaging and Of course, you just get to be able to become rocket fuel for the production of this show and all the other projects that we have on the horizon. I still want to do a a quarterly newsletter slash newspaper I want to get into a lot more publishing and things like that. We've got the book club that has been really fantastic. Uh, We we have a film club that we can start up. All those can get sponsors. That would be great. So thank you for being a part of new and exciting ideas and progress, my friends. Tomorrow's another day. I'll see you at 7 p.m. So. From now until then, don't go too far. I also just want to say real quick, thank you to EO2 Dave, who just said, great show last night, and tonight, Frank, you're knocking it out of the park as usual. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> and thanks again to Zoso Dude for allowing me on his show. Had a beautiful time. See you tomorrow, and for the rest of you, I will catch you in the chat room on quitefrankly.tv in just a little while after I get dinner sorted, of course. Uh, did I do my outro? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. We're all set. Bye!
2: I'll catch you on the flip side.
0: Quite frankly, it's film before a live studio audience, now our super chatters EO2 Dave, Joe Biden of all people, Stostube and Heywood blow Me. I didn't see that from last week. Must have been right after we got off. Thank you so much, Haywood. You're the best. Thank you to Miyushu. And a a few others that I cannot now scroll up to on the Rumble rants, because Rumble has not made that better. (laughs) I'm releasing the Scratchin' right now on Foxhole. I will be there before you know it. Thank you so much. And on the Rockfin once again, thank you, Derek Randall, Patriot Angie. And based beard. Night night.